Section 28 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Mara Bella. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Cao Xueqin. Translated by Henry Bancraft Jolie. Chapter 39. Part one. The tongue of the village old dame finds as free vent as a river that has broken its banks. The affectionate cousin makes up his mind to sift to the very bottom of the story told by old goody Liu. Upon seeing, the story explains, Ping Ar arrive. They unanimously inquired, What is your mistress up to? How is it she hasn't come? However could she spare the time to get as far as here? Ping Ar smiled and replied. But she said she hasn't anything good to eat, so she bade me, as she couldn't possibly run over, come and find out whether there be any more crabs or not. If there be, she enjoined me to ask for a few to take her to eat at home. There are plenty, Sheng Yun rejoined and directing with alacrity a servant to fetch a present box she put in it ten of the largest crabs i'll take a few more of the female ones ping ar remarked one and all then laid hands upon ping ar and tried to drag her into a seat but ping ar would not accede to their importunities i insist upon your sitting down the one laughingly exclaimed and as she kept pulling her about and forcing her to sit next to her, she filled a cup of wine and put it to her lips. Ping Ar hastily swallowed a sip and endeavored immediately to beat a retreat. I won't let you go, shouted Li Huan. It's so evident that you've only got that woman Feng in your thoughts, as you don't listen to any of my words. Saying this, she went on to bid the nurses go ahead and take the box over. Tell her, she added, that I've kept Ping Ar here. A matron presently returned with a box. Lady Secunda, she reported, says that you, Lady True, and our young mistresses must not make fun of her for having asked for something to eat, and that in this box you'll find cakes made of water lily powder and rolls prepared with chicken fat which your maternal aunt, on the other side, just sent for your ladyship, and for you, young ladies, to taste. That she bids you, the matron continued, turning towards Ping Ar, come over on duty, but your mind is so set upon pleasure that you loiter behind and don't go back. She advises you, however, not to have too many cups of wine. Were I even to have too much? Ping Ar smiled. What could she do to me? Uttering these words, she went on with her drink, after which she partook of some more crab. What a pity it is, interposed Li Wan, caressing her, that a girl with such good looks as you should have so ordinary a fortune as to simply fall into that room as a menial. But wouldn't anyone who is not acquainted with actual facts, take you for a lady, 
and a mistress? While she went on eating and drinking with Bao Chai, Xiang Yun, and the other girls, Ping Er turned her head round. <laughs> Don't rub me like that, she laughed. It makes me feel quite ticklish. Ayo! shouted Li Huan. What's this hard thing? It's a key, Ping Er answered. What fine things have you got that the fear lest people should take it away prompts you to carry this about you? I keep on, just for a laugh, telling people the whole day long that when the bonze tongue was fetching the cannons, a white horse came and carried him. That when Liu Zhiyuan was attacking the empire, a melon spirit appeared and brought him a coat of mail. And that, in the same way, where our vixen Feng is, there you are to be found. You are your mistress's general key. And what do you want this other key for? You've primed yourself with wine, my lady, Ping Er smiled, and here you once more chafe me and make a laughing stock of me. This is really quite true, Bao Chai laughed. Whenever we've got nothing to do, and we talk matters over, we're quite unanimous that not one in a hundred could be picked out to equal you girls in here. The beauty is that each one of you possesses her own good qualities. In everything, whether large or small, a heavenly principle rules alike, Li Wan explained. Were there, for instance, no Yuan Yang in our venerable senior's apartments, how would it ever do? Commencing with Madame Wang herself, who is it who could muster sufficient courage to expostulate with the old lady? Yet she plainly has the pluck to put in her remonstrances with her. And, as it happens, our worthy ancestor lends a patient ear to only what she says and no one else. None of the others can remember what our old senior has in the way of clothes and head ornaments, but she can remember everything. And, were she not there to look after things, there is no knowing how many would not be swindled away. That child, besides, is so straightforward at heart that, despite all this, she often puts in a good word for others and doesn't rely upon her influence to look down disdainfully upon anyone. It was only yesterday, Xi Tun observed with a smile, that our dear ancestor said that she was ever so much better than the whole lot of us. She's certainly splendid, Ping Er ventured. How could we rise up to her standard? Sai Xia, Bao Yu, her in, who is in mother's rooms, is a good sort of girl. Of course she is, Tan Chun assented. But she's good enough as far as external appearances go. But inwardly, she's a sly one. Madame Wang is just like a joss. She does not give her mind to any sort of business. But this girl is up to everything, and it is she who in all manner of things reminds her mistress what there is to be done. She even knows everything, whether large or small, connected with Mr. Jia Zhong's staying at home or going out of doors. And when at any time Madame Wang forgets, she, from behind the scenes, prompts her how to act. 
Well, never mind about her, Li Wan suggested. But were, she pursued, pointing at Bao Yu, no Shi Ren, in this young gentleman's quarters, just you imagine what a pitch things would reach. That fixin Feng may truly resemble the Prince Ba of the true kingdom, and she may have two arms strong enough to raise a tripod weighing a thousand catties. But had she not this maid, Ping Ar, would she be able to accomplish everything so thoroughly? In days gone by, Ping Ar interposed. Four servant girls came along with her. But what with those who've died and those who've gone, only I remain like a solitary spirit. You're, after all, the fortunate one, Li Wan retorted. But our hussy Feng, too, is lucky in having you. Had I not also once, just remember, two girls, when your senior master Zhu was alive? Am I not? You've seen for yourselves a person to bear with people? But in such a surly frame of mind did I find them both, day after day, that as soon as your senior master departed this life, I availed myself of their youth to give them in marriage and to pack both of them out of my place. But had either of them been good for anything and worthy to be kept, I would, in fact, have now had someone to give me a helping hand. As she spoke, the very balls of her eyes suddenly became quite red. Why need you again distress your mind? They with one voice exclaimed. Isn't it better that we should break up? While conversing, they rinsed their hands. And when they had agreed to go in a company to Dowager Lady Jia's and Madame Wang's and inquire after their health, the matrons and servant maids swept the pavilion and collected and washed the cups and saucers. Shi Ren proceeded on her way along with Ping Ar. Come into my room, said Shi Ren to Ping Ar, and sit down and have another cup of tea. I won't have any tea just now, Ping Ar answered. I'll come some other time. So saying, she was about to go off when Shi Ren called out to her and stopped her. This month's allowances, she asked, haven't yet been issued, not even to our old mistress and Madame Wong. Why is it? Upon catching this inquiry, Ping Ar hastily retraced her steps and drew near Shi Ren. After looking about to see that no one was in the neighborhood, she rejoined in a low tone of voice, Drop these questions at once. They're sure anyhow to be issued in a couple of days. Why is it, smiled Shi Ren, that this gives you such a start? This month's allowances, Ping Ar explained to her in a whisper, have long ago been obtained in advance by our mistress Secunda and given to people for their own purposes. And it's when the interest has been brought from here and there that the various sums will be lumped together and payment be effected. I confide this to you, but mind, you mustn't go and tell any other person about it. Isn't it likely that she hasn't yet enough money for her own requirements? Shi Ren smiled. Or is it that she's still not satisfied? And what's the use of her still going on bothering herself in this way? Isn't it so? laughed Ping Ar. From just handling the funds for this particular item, 
she has during these last few years so manipulated them as to turn up several hundreds of tails profit out of them nor does she spend that monthly allowance of hers for public expenses but the moment she accumulates anything like eight or ten tails odd she gives them out too thus the interest on her own money alone comes up to nearly a thousand tails a year you and your mistress take our money she observed laughingly and get interest on it fooling us as if we were no better than idiots here you are again with your uncharitable words ping are remonstrated can it be that you haven't yet enough to meet your own expenses with i am it's true not short of money she replied as i have nowhere to go and spend it but the thing is that i'm making provision for that fellow of ours Pao Yu. if you ever find yourself in any great straits and need money ping ar resumed you're at liberty to take those first few tales i've got over there to suit your own convenience with and by and by i can reduce them from what is due to you and we'll be square i'm not in need of any just now retorted shi ren but should i not have enough when i want some i'll send someone to fetch them and finish ping ar promised that she would let her have the money at any time she sent for it and taking the shortest cut she issued out of the garden gate here she encountered a servant dispatched from the other side by lady feng she came in search of ping ar our lady she said has something for you to do and is waiting for you what's up that it's so pressing ping ar inquired our senior mistress detained me by force to have a chat so i couldn't manage to get away but here she time after time sends people after me in this manner whether you go or not is your own lookout the maid replied it isn't worth your while getting angry with me if you dare go and tell these things to our mistress ping ar spat at her contemptuously and rushed back in anxious haste she discovered however that lady feng was not at home but unexpectedly she perceived that the old goody lu who had paid them a visit on a previous occasion for the purpose of obtaining pecuniary assistance had come again with ban ar and was seated in the opposite room along with zhang tsai's wife and zhou rui's wife who kept her company but two or three servant maids were inside as well emptying on the floor bags containing dates squash and various wild greens as soon as they saw her appear in the room they promptly stood up in a body old goody lu had on her last visit learnt what ping ar's status in the establishment was so vehemently jumping down she inquired miss how do you do all at home she pursued send you their compliments i meant to have come earlier and paid my respects to my lady and to look you up miss but we've been very busy on the farm we managed this year to reap after great labor a few more pickles of grain than usual but melons fruits and vegetables have also been plentiful these things you see here are what we picked during the first crop and as we didn't presume to sell them we kept the best to present to our lady and the young ladies to taste 
the young ladies must, of course, be surfeited with all the delicacies and fine things they daily get. But by having some of our wild greens to eat, they will show some regard for our poor attention. Many thanks for all the trouble you have taken, Ping Ar eagerly rejoined. Then, pressing her to resume her place, she sat down herself, and, urging Mrs. Zhang and Mrs. Zhou to take their seats, she bade a young waiting-maid go and serve the tea. There's a joyous air about your face today, miss, and your eyeballs are all red, the wife of Zhou Rui and the wife of Zhang Zai thereupon smilingly ventured. Naturally, Ping Ar laughed. I generally don't take any wine, but our senior mistress and our young ladies caught hold of me and insisted upon pouring it down my throat. I had no alternative, therefore, but to swallow two cups full, so my face at once flushed crimson. I have a longing for wine, Zhang Tsai's wife smiled, but there's no one to offer me any. But when anyone by and by invites you, miss, do take me along with you. At these words, one and all burst out laughing. Early this morning, Zhou Rui's wife interposed. I got a glimpse of those crabs. Only two or three of them would weigh a catty, so in those two or three huge hampers, there must have been, I presume, seventy to eighty catties. If some were intended for those above as well as for those below, Zhou Rui's wife added, they couldn't, nevertheless, I fear, have been enough. How could everyone have had any? Ping Ar observed, though simply with any name may have tasted a couple of them, but as for the rest, some may have touched them with the tips of their hands, but many may not even have done as much. Crabs of this kind, put in old goody Liu, cost this year five candarines a catty. Ten caddies for five mace. Five times five makes two tails five, and three times five makes fifteen. And adding what was wanted for wines and eatables, the total must have come to something over twenty tails. Oh, me tofu! Why, this heap of money is ample for us country people to live on through a whole year. I expect you have seen our lady, Ping Ar then asked. Yes, I have seen her, assented old goody Liu. She bade us wait. As she spoke, she again looked out of the window to see what the time of day could be. It's getting quite late, she afterwards proceeded. We must be going, or else we mayn't be in time to get out of the city gates, and then we'll be in a nice fix. Quite right. Jorue's wife observed, I'll go and see what she's up to for you. With these words, she straightway left the room. After a long absence, she returned. Good fortune has indeed descended upon you, old dame, she smiled. Why, you've won the consideration of those two old ladies. What about it? laughingly inquired Ping Ar and the others. Lady Secunda, Jorue's wife, explained with a smile, was with our venerable lady. So I gently whispered to her, Old Goody Yu wishes to go home. 
it's getting late, and she fears she mightn't be in time to go out of the gates. It's such a long way off, our Lady Secunda rejoined, and she had all the trouble and fatigue of carrying that load of things. So if it's too late, why, let her spend the night here and start on the morrow. Now isn't this having enlisted our mistress's sympathies? But not to speak of this, our old lady also happened to overhear what we said, and she inquired, Who is old goody Lu? Our lady Secunda forthwith told her all. I was just longing, her venerable ladyship pursued, for someone well up in years to have a chat with. Ask her in and let me see her. So isn't this coming in for consideration when least unexpected? So speaking, she went on to urge old goody Liu to get down and betake herself to the front. With a figure like this of mine, old goody Liu demurred, how could I very well appear before her? My dear sister-in-law, do tell her that I've gone. Get on, be quick, Ping Ar speedily cried. What does it matter? Our old lady has the highest regard for old people and the greatest pity for the needy. She's not one you could compare with those haughty and overbearing people. But I fancy you're a little too timid, so I'll accompany you as far as there, along with Mrs. Zhou. While tendering her services, she and Zhou Wei's wife led off old goody Liu and crossed over to Dowager Lady Jia's apartments on this side of the mansion. The boy servants on duty at the second gate stood up when they saw Ping Ar approach, but two of them also ran up to her, and, keeping close to her heels, Miss! they shouted out, Miss! What have you got again to say? Ping Ar asked. It's pretty late just now, one of the boys smilingly remarked. And mother is ill and wants me to go and call the doctor. So I would, dear miss, like to have half a day's leave. May I? Your doings are really fine, Pingar exclaimed. You've agreed among yourselves that each day one of you should apply for furlough. But instead of speaking to your lady, you come and bother me. The other day that Ju Ar went... Mr. Secundus happened not to want him, so I assented, though I also added that I was doing it as a favor. But here you two come today. It's quite true that his mother is sick, Jorue's wife interceded. So, miss, do say yes to him also, and let him go. Be back as soon as it dawns tomorrow, Hingar enjoined. Wait, I've got something for you to do for you'll again sleep away and only turn up after the sun has blazed away on your buttocks. As you go now, give a message to Wang Ar. Tell him that Our Lady bade you warn him that if he does not hand over the balance of the interest due by tomorrow, she won't have anything to do with him. So he'd better let her have it to meet her requirements and finish. The servant lad felt in high glee and exuberant spirits. Expressing his obedience, he walked off. Ping Ar and her companions repaired then to old lady Jia's apartments. Here the various young ladies from the Garden of Broad Vista were at the time assembled paying their respects to their grandmother. As soon as old goody Liu put her foot inside, 
she saw the room thronged with girls as seductive as twigs of flowers waving to and fro and so richly dressed as to look enveloped in pearls and encircled with kingfisher ornaments but she could not make out who they all were her gaze was however attracted by an old dame reclining alone on a divan behind her sat a girl a regular beauty clothed in gauze engaged in patting her legs lady feng was on her feet in the act of cracking some joke old goody liu readily concluded that it must be dowager lady jia so promptly pressing forward she put on a forced smile and made several curtsies my obeisance to you star of longevity she said old lady jia hastened on her part to bow and to inquire after her health then she asked zhou rui's wife to bring over a chair for her to take a seat but banar was still so very shy that he did not know how to make his obeisance venerable relative dowager lady jia asked how old are you this year old goody liu immediately rose to her feet i'm seventy-five this year she rejoined so old and yet so hardy old lady jia remarked addressing herself to the party why she's older than myself by several years when i reach that age i wonder whether i shall be able to move we people have old goody liu smilingly resumed to put up from the moment we come into the world with ever so many hardships while your venerable ladyship enjoys from your birth every kind of blessing were we also like this there'd be no one to carry on that farming work are your eyes and teeth still good dowager lady jia went on to inquire they're both still all right old goody liu replied the left molars however have got rather shaky this year as for me i'm quite an old fossil dowager lady jia observed i'm no good whatever my eyesight is dim my ears are deaf my memory is gone i can't even recollect any of you old family connections when therefore any of our relations come on a visit i don't see them for fear lest i should be ridiculed all i can manage to eat are a few mouthfuls of anything tender enough for my teeth and i can just dose a bit or when i feel in low spirits i distract myself a little with these grandsons and granddaughters of mine that's all i'm good for this is indeed your venerable ladyship's good fortune old goody liu smiled we couldn't enjoy anything of the kind much though we may long for it what good fortune dowager lady jia exclaimed i'm a useless old thing no more this remark made everyone explode into laughter end of the dream of the red chamber section twenty eight end of the dream of the red chamber book two by Cao xue qin translated by henry bencraft jolie chapter thirty nine part one